Welcome to Families for Life with Brian and Brian, a podcast of Oak Hill Baptist Church. On today's episode, we're talking about the gospel pandemic, part three, relationships. Welcome. I'm doing good. We are in a, our brand new studio. No, I'm just <laughs> studio. <laughs> it wasn't just you know an old office. I have to say that Pastor Derek, uh, he has cre- he's set aside a space yeah. that we can record videos, and now we've we've co-opted this into our podcasting studio. And I like Pastor Derek because he is like Buddy the Elf. Yes. You know, you know, in that scene in Elf when they all show up the next morning and like everything's built, yes, and everything's done. Like that we literally exactly... came in and he made these homemade sound panels. Yep. He's got the lights set up. He's, I mean, it, it's amazing. I walked in, and I was like, oh, okay, this is not. I this is way more than I thought. <laughs> so I hope that we sound really good. Yeah, and uh, we have a, some new equipment and things. So hopefully, this is going to be a really good. You know, we, I, I personally, I need all the help I can get. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Same. So. <laughs> So hopefully this will this will be extra sanctifying yeah. now because of this. So. so this is our third episode talking about the gospel pandemic. Uh, Brian, just just real quick, as you've uh, you know, as we've studied this, as mm-hmm. we've gotten a little feedback, why is this series so important? Yeah, I think this is extremely important because the point that we're really trying to get across is that we have to take ownership of what it means to be a disciple of Christ and to spread the gospel. Um, to the lost and 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 needing world, hmm. and so we have to do that, and that's why we're talking about this. And we hope you listeners, as you hear this and are, are hearing this, you're you're not just hearing like hmm. neat ideas from the Bible. You're you're thinking, okay, how can I make this happen in my life too? Yeah. So that's what we're really doing. And today we're going to be talking about. Um, this aspect of association, which is really just relationships. Yeah, yeah. The the book, the guy in the book yeah. likes the 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 t i o n word, right, the right. shun words. Yep. And so he may, you know, like any good pastor, he has to alliterate. Yes. <laughs> so today is association, mm-hmm. and but really it's relationships, that's right? right? That's right. It's it's having it's being near people, and that's the thing. It's not just like saying you love somebody. It's like actual life on life. Um, interactions that yeah. he's talking about and how Jesus did that in his ministry and how there's a reason for why he did that. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to dive into some of the reasons why that this is so important. It's not just because it works. There's actually, there's actually a very important reason, few reasons behind why this is the way Jesus worked. Yeah. I want to talk about a theological background for yeah. relationships. You know, everything theologically plays into evangelism and discipleship. You know, we think we cannot separate these things. So like we've been every episode kind of talking about some real theological things because that is part of that is part of what this is all about. So Absolutely. You know, we're going to first talk about God is relational. And mm-hmm. I don't know that many people have thought about God in those terms, but God is a relational God. And first of all, God has relationship with himself. Yes. Now, this is going to be a, a weird concept for many people, mm-hmm. and we don't necessarily know how exactly this works, but the Trinity is an important doctrine to understanding God's relational nature. Yeah. So first, from, from understanding the entire Bible, we find out that God is three distinct yet unified persons. Yeah. 
How can that be? It's it is pretty mind blowing that this is the case. And one thing I'll I'll just say as we kind of jump into this, I heard an atheist really talking about how he had a problem with this concept of God being, you know, three distinct persons who are also all the same. And they were, he was arguing with a believer. And in his argument, he said, you know what's beautiful? It's when you go out into outer space and you, if you were to able to get close enough to a wormhole, what would happen or to a, to a, you know, a dead star that's sucking gravity in what you would see, you would start to see the future and the past all at the same time because of the way it's warping space and time. And I'm sitting there listening to this atheist glorifying a, a wormhole. Mm. And I'm like, how can you believe that you can see the future and the past at the same time, but you can't believe in a God who created that, right. who is three persons in one? Wow. Like God, God, look, all you have to do is look at creation and realize there's some stuff out there that we are not going to understand. Right. And the one who created it is even bigger than that. Yeah. So yeah. it's okay that we don't understand That's it. That's right. It's yes. just true. Yes. Well, and you know, Wayne Grudem helps us out with this a lot. I love, again, we talked about this before. Mm. I love systematic theology. So I would implore every Christian, have a copy of his systematic theology book, not to read through cover to right, cover, right, right. <laughs> but to think when you think about these issues or when you study these issues, there's a chapter about all of the theological issues. Mm -hmm. Also, WayneGrudem.com, you can yes. go there and hear free him teach through systematic theology. So good. So he has three statements. These are all true statements. If you eliminate any of these statements, you end up in heresy. That's right. So the Bible teaches all three of these statements mm -hmm. that number one, God is three persons. Yeah. Number two, each person is fully God. And number three, there is one God. Right. So this is sort of paradoxical, but this is the way the scripture teaches it. And, you know, we know, just as you said, God is an amazing being that really stands outside of space and time. That's right. God is not bound by our our finite minds of like linear space, linear time, all of these types of things. He stands outside of that. He's creator of he, all that's of right. that. He made those things. So obviously he's going to be bigger and better than those and things. And so in some respects, the Trinity is hard to fully get our minds around there are aspects and concepts the Bible teaches us that we can't understand that. But for our purposes, I want to focus on the relational nature of the Trinity. Now, we see this in the life of Jesus. Uh, in, in so many examples, he gave a great example of, for instance, his and the Father's relationship. In John chapter 5, Jesus said to them, this is in verse 19, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing on his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does... That the Son does likewise, for the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he has himself is doing, and greater works than these he will show him, so that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. That passage that's, is layered yeah. with relationship and and community between the Father and the Son. Yeah, and that's the thing. Some people like to say that that the Father, so God the Father, you know, came down out of heaven and stopped being God the Father and became God the Son. And then God the Son, after he went up into heaven, he stopped being God the Son. He right. became the Holy Spirit. And now he, that's not what the Bible that's says. Modalism. There's, that's modalism. There's all kinds of heresies. Or I've heard one where where... Jesus was a man who was a righteous man and God adopted him as right. his son no. when he baptized him. No. That's adoptionism. That's not what Jesus is saying right, right here. What Jesus is saying, and then elsewhere in scripture, it says that Jesus is eternally existing. Right. Jesus 
God the Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit have always existed three in one. Right. And they and Jesus, this is what's cool. When you watch Jesus' ministry, he's regularly praying to right. God the Father. Right. Why would, like, there's no, God the Father and God the Son are distinct persons mm-hmm. because you see Jesus regularly talking to right. God the Father, right. full of the Spirit. So there's another good example of this. You know, Jesus, if you read the chapters, John 14 through 17, mm-hmm. it is interweaved with That's the huge. relationship of, of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's right. All the way through there, Jesus kind of layers in these things. And um, that is just a re- read through those chapters and, and think about it in a Trinitarian mindset of yeah. one God, but three distinct persons. And you will kind of see that relationship. And so, how much they love each other. Like how much God loves himself. Like, right. And that sounds, you know, normally we don't love yourself. Well, that's because we are not God. Right. We love God because he is the, the, the only thing that deserves right. all the love in the world. Right. So We're pointing this out because God is a relational being. That's right. And this is important to understand why we are relational. Because... God yes. first having community among his persons, but then he also created people to have relationship with himself and other people. We are we are communally relationship created people. We desperately need relationships because that is who we are. Right. Because the relational God created relational people in his image. We're we're not so complicated in the sense that we're three in one. We're we're our own distinct beings and we need relationships with God primarily, right. but also with each other. I mean, you look at Adam and Eve in the yes. very beginning, you go back and read that and you see God when after they had fallen in their sin, you see God walking in the garden, this this normal thing that he did. Before they fell before the fall. Well, before the fall, God they, walked, they, he God walked, walked and talked, right, and right. they had relationship. Well, I like to say that they were bros. They were, yes, they were absolutely. <laughs> and and but that's what you see. The relationship is broken by sin because yes. God comes down and He's walking in the cool of the garden. Yes, and He calls out for them. Hey, why are you hiding from me? Right. And that's and that's where the relationship gets broken is by our sin. But before that, it was just it was just perfect yeah. harmony with God. Right. Yeah. It's it's interesting that in the in the perfect creation that God made it, He was going to uh, have a really intense, distinct relationship with His creation. Yeah. Unlike unlike we have experienced in our life, because right. the, the fall of sin has broken that. But listen, you go throughout all of history, what are we trying to reclaim? All of the world religions are trying to reclaim connection to a higher being. That's right. We are trying to worship. We are trying to connect with. We are trying to pray to. You know, all of the religions, all of the peoples have some sort of like prayer. What? Mm-hmm. Why? Why are we erecting statues? Why are we sacrificing? It's because we we desire relationship with a God, yep. with a thing. There is there is a propensity for prayer. Listen, even the most ardent atheist, when the plane starts, when you're on a plane yes. and it starts shaking and yep. like the turbulence is crazy and you're bouncing, even the most ardent ardent atheist will begin to pray. Everyone right. begins to pray. That's right. Because we desire a relationship with a higher being. Yeah. That's that's just imprinted on our souls. Yep. God has put eternity in our hearts and he's put this relationship in us that we absolutely, I mean, even like you said, atheists, one of the things they say the most is, you know, they'll, they'll talk about the universe, you know, well, I'm, you know, hopefully putting out positive energy into the universe. And, And it's really, that's just a false religion is what it is. And, and they're seeking, like you said, that connection to something bigger than them. And on top of that, we want to be around people. 
we we need relationship. You know, that was one thing when we were on a mission trip uh, in up in Chicago and we found out how yeah. how close people were, like in proximity, but how far away from each other they felt. And yeah. they just weren't having real relationships. Yeah, the church planner had people literally come to his church because they just wanted to connect with people. Yeah. Non-believers just saying, hey, I want to connect with people. I just people. need friends. Need- Everybody wants that. I, I talk to students regularly. That's one of the hardest things about student ministry is helping them learn how to build friendships. Right. Yeah. I mean, think about it. People have always grouped up in communities, tribes, cities, families. I mean, there is a desire, even the most, um, you know, um, introverted person still has like some people that they want to be around and they desire to be around people. We saw that with, with, you know, the quarantine and things getting shut down. You know, at first introverts were like, this is amazing. But even, even like you said, the, the most introverted person eventually gets to the place where it's like, right. I need at least, I need to talk to somebody for at least five minutes. It's hard (laughs) on your psyche. And that's why a a punishment for people is solitary confinement. And and it's hard because you want to be around people and you can't. And so, you know, we are created in that way. That's so that's kind of gives us a little bit of a theological background of God being relational. He's created us to be relational. So let's talk about how that feeds into what we're going to talk about today with, with relationship. Let's talk about what, what Jesus did, how he modeled evangelism and discipleship through relationships, and then what we should do. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. You, you know, we all, we need to ask, what did Jesus do? We know why is because he's relational, but he, he had this very unique way of teaching his disciples. That's right. It wasn't just a school where people came and then learned and then left. It was, it was follow me in my life and do what I do. He, he didn't have this formal school. He didn't have a seminary or, or a course of study. Um, he just invited them into his life. That's right. He drew them into himself. That's right. And that's so crazy. that's the thing. He spent time with his disciples and uh, he spent time with other people than just the disciples. It wasn't just them, but we see this way that Jesus spent time. Mm-hmm. He he connected with people on a personal level, Yes. but then he, he had, you know, more closer relationships with people that he spent even more time with. Yeah, if you go back and read the Gospels with this in mind, thinking about trying to think about, okay, how did Jesus have relationships and and a care and concern for people? It is all throughout the Gospels. Mm -hmm. And you, you just see... Jesus' heart. Again, I'm a big advocate reading through books. Yes. Because you get the heartbeat of the author. You you, you get the care. It's just like it's just like a, a, a novel. You would never just like pick chapters or right. paragraphs out of a novel. You wouldn't be able to pick up the character or anything. I know who Jesus is because I read his life and mm-hmm. I can see who he is and what he's about. And he was about people. That's right. He, he was a loved yeah people and he wanted to be around people well think about it i mean that's the whole thing behind you know his call to his disciples you know come Mm. and follow me and i will make you fishers of men like he's calling them to share in his life and that is what discipleship is and it's interesting discipleship starts with evangelism it starts with sharing the good news i mean jesus was the good news he was bringing the good news and he said and then he immediately went from here's the good news right. to discipleship. Now follow me. Yeah, I like to say that evangelism is born from relationship that leads to discipleship. I think that's great. I think that's absolutely right. <clears throat> you know, and Jesus didn't neglect mass teachings uh, and evangelism, and neither should we. 
you know, we should, there are many times, you know, we preach the gospel oh, yeah. uh, in different, in, in worship services, in events. I do it at VBS, just other, other places we preach the gospel. But here's the thing. We must be prepared to be like Jesus. And when someone responds to the gospel, we have to spend time with them. That's, That's right. That leads directly into discipleship. Something I want to just tack onto that is, you know, sometimes people hear this stuff and they get they get this like desire to be, yeah, relational. And so they, they really, there are people out there who think, okay, well, I don't need to go to my church where there's, you know, a couple hundred people, you know, hearing the preached word of, of God. That's not what we're saying. We're saying, no, you do need that. You do need that. You need, because Jesus did that all the time and the 12 were there. Um, but then after those times of him teaching and preaching to the masses, you see it often where, and then later he just, he, he taught further his disciples. The 12 yes. came to him and asked, hey, what did you mean about that? Mm -hmm. And so they had these smaller groups where they were with Jesus and learning more. So there's yeah. a balance here. Yeah. The, and we got to catch that balance. Yeah, there is. And also another another important point that kind of, you know, goes along with this is yeah. the disciples, we know them as spiritual giants in the church, yes. right? Leading and teaching, writing the New Testament, sharing God's word. <laughs> but before that, they spent time with Jesus. That's right. Before they preached, before they did miracles, before they went out on their own. They were to be with Jesus yeah. and spend time with him. And we we miss that so many times. You know, I know that there are many Christians that are hot hearted to do ministry and they want to preach and they want to teach, but we cannot miss this, this time. And, and us church members, especially pastors need to be intentional in pouring into those people, right. but you've got to put yourself under a, a, a Bible teaching church that's right. going to help disciple you before you go out. In, in specific individual, like leader, like discipleship relationships right. you, you need to be in a relationship where you have somebody who knows you they're mm -hmm. not just like teaching you in a big sunday school class or right. whatever like they know you and they can call sin out in your life they can encourage the the good things in your life and they can tell you things that you need to grow in because you can't be a leader until you've been led yeah i've seen especially young men get really frustrated because like i want to teach i want to preach and we're like, okay, let's let's talk about that. Let's spend time together. They don't want to do that work. They literally, and, and in that, my mind, you just want the spotlight right. at that point. Well, you've kind of disqualified yourself from being a leader in that sense because what you're showing is you're automatically prone to pride. Right. If you can't hear somebody else teaching and pouring into you. I mean, gosh, the, the disciples were prone to pride all the time right. and Jesus had to knock that out of them a little the bit. The best thing that my youth pastor did, I, I was in a youth group and as I grew up into college, became an intern and things, yeah. the best thing he did was not allow me to teach. Yeah. And you know, it's like, okay, go set up the chairs. Right. You know, okay, I need you to, I need you to make sure this, this is done. I need to make sure this is done. We're going to run this event, you know, and it was doing those nuts and bolts thing that taught me and as I saw him, I was sitting under him with a different eye, not just learning as a student, but but learning as a leader. Yeah, that's right. And so that took takes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. And so it was one of the best things. And then I, and then he did give me opportunities to right. teach. Once as, he saw you were willing to learn, he, right. he knew that you were able to to lead a little bit. That's and right. I've had countless men do that in my life. Right. It's been invaluable. Mm -hmm. So this is what we're talking about. 
Um, so you need to put yourself underneath somebody just the way the disciples did that with Jesus. Jesus, Jesus was over them. Right. So there's the onus on the disciple to put themselves under biblical teaching, but there's also the responsibility of the church to promote proper discipleship. That's right. And so we can't just think that our programming makes disciples. Now I used to think that, and yeah. I even wrote up like systems of discipleship. So you put a student in, you have these different things you're going to have them do over the years, and then boom, on the other end, out pops a disciple, Bing! like a disciple. factory. Yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> and that just doesn't that just doesn't work. And you know, I found this quote in our book, The Master Plan of Evangelism, and it says. When will the church learn this lesson? Preaching to the masses, although necessary, will never suffice in the work of preparing leaders for evangelism, nor can occasional prayer meetings or training classes for Christians, Christian workers do this job. Building men and women is not that easy. It requires constant personal attention, much like the father gives to his yes. children. This is something that no organization or class can ever do. Children are not raised by proxy. The example of Jesus would teach us that it can be done only by persons staying close to those who they whom they seek to lead. That that is exactly so I was thinking of another quote uh where he says that he says that they were spiritual children mm. and the only way that a father can properly properly raise a family is to be with it. Right. You're you're hundred percent right there. That I'm so glad you brought that up because you have to be with somebody. It's not just a. It's not just a school or a class or whatever. It's it's a relationship of one person pouring into another, and that's part of what we're doing right now. Right, right now, we're actually trying to encourage you, listener, to hear this and to to think about your life. Where are you in this discipleship journey? Right. Who are you associated with? Right. I.e., who are your relationships? Who's pouring into you and who are you pouring into? Right, right. And the church cannot just be about simply about programming or even worse, like a like a con conversion type evangelism right. where you're no. just making mm -hmm. converts. You know, I remember there was this uh, big fundamental church where I used to live and mm -hmm. they also had a college and their students had to share their faith so many times a week. Okay, that part I'm okay that's, with. That's great. Yeah, that's great. But there was also a convert quota. Oh, wow. that if they didn't meet during the week, they would spend their Saturday going out getting converts as well. There was no relationship. There was very, you know, I'm sure there was some follow up. I don't want to, <clears throat> I don't want to act like I know 100. percent But the idea was not, hey, I'm gonna go build relationships with people and share my faith and make disciples. It was clearly like. Get just, these converts, yeah. get somebody to pray this prayer. Man, that that kind of breaks my heart because what you're doing there is you're saying, I know exactly how the Holy Spirit's going to move on somebody's life. Right. And as long as I say the right things and do the right things, he's going to save somebody. That's right. And uh, that's not that's not how the gospel works. And, and I'm not <laughs> saying that programs are bad. We no, use programs no, all the time. Absolutely. But the programs have to serve the overall general purpose. Right. And it, but, but everything has to be based in relationships. And, you know, I believe that our... Our church models through, you know, we think about worship as yep. attending worship. That's just part of it. That's not, that's not it. Then we try to drive people into life groups. So yep. you have a smaller group of people that you're being relational or it could even be where you're serving. Yeah. You're building relationship with people, say you serve together at the food pantry or something like right. that. But then, you know, the one other step that we've tried to implement and we're continuing to implement is these D groups, which that's are right. these smaller discipleship groups. And, you know, COVID has kind of pushed uh, somewhere. It's been hard with life groups right. and with D groups. But I know that as that kind of falls away, as yeah. as 
things kind of go back to normal with people having vaccines and all this kind of stuff. I don't want to get off topic here, but <laughs> we're, we're hoping and we're pushing back to this model of evangelism. Well, and that's the thing about this is, you know, even these one-on-one relationships don't have to end just because you, you can't be around right. each other. Like the students, especially they're, they're really good at this of staying connected. And a right. lot of times like they'll come into church and they, they've got their friend on their phone, you mm-hmm. know, and it's like, Hey, my friend's quarantine. Can, can they, can they listen? And I'm like, Hey, as long as it's not a distraction. Absolutely. Yeah. And that way they're, there without having to be there. Yeah, you had a video chat last night, and yeah. I think they stayed on for like an hour after you yeah. were done teaching. <laughs> yeah, which can be good and bad. Uh, I, I might have to address some conversations that happen, but no, it is so good that they have those. But that's something else I wanted to say. That's that's part of what we're trying to do in the student ministry. I, I some people might not even know this, but I have a group of student leaders mm-hmm. who meet with me. Any right. high schooler is welcome to be a student leader as long as they're committed. And so they come up, and we talk, and they're all assigned different middle schoolers that they are supposed to talk to and build friendships with uh, every time they're at church and even outside of church. And so that's the goal is to start building this mindset of, of you are pouring out yourself into somebody else. You're yeah. encouraging them in their and their faith. My, and my daughter had an older high school girl meet with her and another person yeah. and go through different discipleship materials. And that's just so valuable. That's and right. I just can't tell people enough, like it's got to happen on that relational level. So, you know, once again, I try to have somebody, somebody once a year that I can disciple. Right. It's either one-on-one or it's in a D group or something. And I know our, our pastors, our leaders are good at trying to model this. Yeah. And so we need to encourage everyone to, to do this as well. That's and, right. you know, there's lots of good information out there. Uh, Robbie Gallaty has recovering discipleship, mm-hmm. uh, growing, uh, I think it's growing up. Yes. Yep. Just look up growing Robbie up. Gallaty and there are, yeah. he's all about, he's this. got these books that talk about how to disciple somebody. And, and really as you, as you disciple somebody, you go through growing up together with them and That's you're right. teaching them how to make, you're teaching them how to be a disciple and then make disciples as well. So, yeah. So, I mean, this can be hard um, because this is messy. Right. You know, it, it, it takes a lot of attention and time, um, but that's what Jesus did. Right. And, you know, Jesus had to spend a lot of time with his heavenly father because mm-hmm. it was so hard. Um, and that's why it's important that we are, are really just taking time to be with the Lord each and every day, spending time in the word, praying, but then taking that to people who we are around. So there's some stuff that we need to consider when we're evangelizing and discipling, uh, especially in your family and others. Um, But one of those, you actually brought this up. You're talking about this idea of the sphere of influence and and what, what is that? Yeah, everyone has a sphere of influence. And so think about your, you have a circle that you're uh, in and you're the center of that circle, not that you're the center of the universe. Okay, right, right. don't get that confused. But <laughs> but in that circle, you're we're thinking about your family, your extended family, where you work, where you live, your neighborhood, mm-hmm. your kids' activities. Uh, maybe there's an affinity group or a location like a, like a gym or yeah, something like yeah. that. You even your church is in that. Now our groups may overlap some, so like we go to the same right, church, right, right, but we go to different gyms different gyms, yeah. or we live in different neighborhoods. Yep. So no one's sphere of influence is exactly the same as somebody else's. That's right. And that is amazing because God has placed you in that to be able to think about those 
to think about that sphere and where are the evangelistic opportunities. Of course, we need to always be outreach. We, we need to be sharing the gospel to the ends of the earth. Right. But let's start with the people in our sphere of influence. Well, and that's one of the things that we would always talk about um, is especially missions and things like that. Whenever we were planning mission trips and, you know, especially overseas mission trips, we were looking for people who were doing ministry here. Like, yeah. like why why do you think you're going to be good at doing ministry somewhere else if you're not doing it where you live? Um, I mean, that might give you a fire to come back home. And that happens a lot where you go and you see, wow, why am I not doing this where I live? Right. Um, but that's the thing. Like, we need to be on mission here right now. So think about, you know, when your kid has, uh, the, you know, they're in a baseball league or something. Right. You know, you're not coaching. You're just sitting in the stands. Can you start to build intentional relationships with those other people in the stands? So, you know, there's other moms and dads there, whatever, and you begin to build relationships. And so you're, maybe you go out to eat with them. That's right. Or you invite them over to your house. You invite them to church. Yep. You invite them to an event. You know, you're just, you're, you're building you're that just... relationship so you can share the gospel. You can, you can get them connected and potentially discipleship. Well, and that's the thing, you know, it, it is proximity it's closeness you have to be near to people right um and you have to do it a lot you have to do this over and over again to build this level of comfort to talk about some of these deeper things you know so relationships means proximity if i'm gonna have a deep meaningful relationship i have to be around people Mm -hmm. i have to Mm -hmm. be around that person that's right it's like a long long distance relationships um never stay long distance right they either end or you one person moves to where the other person it's only for a time right because you have to have closeness in proximity to actually have a relationship because here's another thing relationships mean time like real actual time we used to um the church i was at before the youth pastor there and i used to say the students spell uh love t-i-m-e yeah like you don't love them if you're not spending time with them exactly exactly and that we talk about we talk about quality time but i've always said that quality is quantity that's true. You know, and so if we want to show that we really care about somebody, we've got to um, we got to spend time with them. You know, I had a I had a youth professor, youth uh, when I was in youth ministry at Bible College, he would always say people don't care what you have to say until they know you care about them. Yes, that's so true. And so, you know, you you want to be a great you want to be a great witness and you want to share the gospel, say with your neighbor. You know, you go over there and just bang on the door and just start sharing your faith. They're going to be like, well, "Why is this person doing this?" I mean, yeah. they've never shown any interest in me. You know, we say hi to one another, but we don't have a real relationship. You know, that's going to be in the back of their mind. But if you show them you really care about yeah. them and care about their soul, then you're able to share and have a much more free and open discussion about that. Well, and it's so important too. Just, just on a practical note, like you don't know what people are going through, right? You don't know. Like I found out one of my neighbors, their 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 dad's in a nursing home. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that, right? Until I was just talking talking to them on the street while we were just walking down the road, and and it just takes that time to make those initial conversations, and then to keep building on that. Um, it's so important. So that is kind of the thing. Like, what are there? What are these like practical steps we need to take to build association, to build relationships? Yeah, I mean, these are kind of basic, but I mean, if you you need to have internet and an, an, an intent, an initial introduction, or maybe if it's somebody you've known for a long time, a reintroduction. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, we need to catch up. Yeah, yeah. Spend time, have an informal meeting, 
have coffee, have a meal, invite them over, you know, and then ultimately you're gonna have to press into spiritual matters at some point, you know, and, and this makes people nervous. But if, if your faith is a part of your life and it's just kind of an outpouring of who you are, you're going to church, you're right. listening to teaching, it's much more natural. And I think that that's the thing. You know, I, I do think a lot of people, especially students, I deal with students a lot. And, and part of it is just this natural um, relational development. They, they need to learn how to introduce themselves and how to, you know, reconnect with people. They don't, they don't really know how to do that. They're still figuring right. that out. Um, and, uh, and they don't know how to just invite somebody to hang right. out. Mm-hmm. Um, but once they learn how to do that, it's this, what you said, pressing into the spiritual yeah. issues that, uh, if we're not careful, right. we'll stop, we'll stop at the surface level stuff and we'll be content with that. Yeah. Um, and it could be as simple. That's not, that's not going to work. Yeah. It could be as simple as, you know, you, you mentioned something, you know, you're having a conversation with somebody and they mentioned something that's relevant to maybe what the pastor was preaching on. And you say, man, my pastor told, said this quote and it was awesome. Or he pointed us to this Bible passage or, you know, I was reading in my devotion time, you know, things like that are yeah. just key words to let people know that, that, you know, I'm there willing are... to take this deeper. Right. Yeah. And another way really quickly to do it is, is just ask them how you can be praying. Cause what yes. you're doing is you're saying, you're still saying, I care about you and right. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to involve, right. I'm going to bring God into your life. Um, by praying for you yes. because I care. Yes. Um, that's a huge way. There's other things, you know, just sharing your faith. Yeah. Your finally, story. Yeah, you got to step out, share your faith, share, yeah. share your testimony and yeah. then share the gospel, the actual, you know, and I will say that, um, the three circles, yes. Uh, look up the video, the three circles, uh, conversation. It's, yep. it's conversational evangelism yeah. is what it There's is. There's an app for that too. You can, you can download I, it. It's yeah. Really the good. app's cool. I, and, and nothing against the app. No, I find no. it e- cooler just to do it on a napkin. Oh, no, I agree. I just like the app for... It's much more organic and natural. For informational purposes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I don't, I don't ever just pull the app up. Hey, let me pull this app out yeah. and show you the gospel. No, I don't do that. Yeah. I don't do that at all. I just... I, it's so informative. <laughs> and once you've gotten yes. that, then then you can do it. I mean, you can do but it But the idea so was... The idea was when, when they came up with this strategy was to be able to share the gospel conversationally, mm-hmm. but to be able to just grab a napkin. Maybe you're out to eat. Yep. You just draw it on a napkin. Not a linen napkin. The restaurants don't like yeah, it. Yeah, they don't like that. But a paper napkin, you know. That's right. And uh, you're able to just share your faith in a very conversational way yeah. that you can get the truth across and not really, you know, of course, the gospel can always be a stumbling block. Uh, it can always put someone on edge, but you're trying to eliminate as much as possible those things uh, so that the gospel truth comes through. Yeah, that's right. And as you're doing that, you know, the next thing, and this can happen, this goes together, <laughs> yeah. really. You know, you, these steps kind of are inter, interchanging. You know, it's whatever is going on in your relationship. But but you just invite them to your church and to Bible study. You don't want to just be like, you know, especially if you're sharing the gospel and they're like, man, I believe this. And and they, you know, pray to, to receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. They repent and, and believe. And you're like, cool. Bye. Yeah, right. Like Bye. no, that doesn't. That's not what we're talking about. That's right. that's where discipleship kicks in. You got to invite them to church. You got to get them connected, and maybe you are the person that needs to start mm, investing in them uh, over a period of time. That's good. So let's talk about what considerations with our family, especially our kids. Yeah. You know, we don't want to we don't want to neglect that in this because we're both in family ministry. That's right. And you know, really, here's the thing: it's the same things. It really is. It's about influence. You have influence in your child's lives. Mm-hmm. It's about proximity. It's about being around your kids and it's about time. Yes. Your, your kid, I'm, this is something I think is very important. You know, your kids, 
they're going to act, especially the older they get, they're going to act like they don't care what you think and things like that. And, and they, they might come a time where they don't, um, but because they think that they already know everything that you think. Um, but if you're spending time with them regular and, and, you know, uh, not just quality, but quantity time, um, there is a relationship that develops. It's not just, it becomes, it starts transforming from that parent child relationship to a, parent and grown child relationship this this friendship where you're still the parent but it's so much deeper than that yeah it really starts getting deeper just because you're spending time together yeah yeah i mean try to be oh you know this is this is going to sound weird because you live with your children a lot of times but be open with them yeah you know in in inappropriate ways but share your thoughts share your feelings share your emotions um, you know, many times, uh, parents, we don't realize this, but we are a mystery to our children yeah. and they don't really know who we are at a, at a deeper level. So don't be afraid to, to share those, that stuff with them. Why, you know, what, you know, you're listening to music, why you love this artist, yeah. you know, uh, just share with them some of your personality, things you would share with other people, other friends, you know, maybe your child uh, has an interest. Yeah. You know, take an interest in that thing. Or if you have an interest, invite them to come along with you, you know, try to, try to match up those things to where, and listen, it may be something you just don't even care about. Right. You know, you gave the example, uh, one of the celebrities, yeah, Terry Terry Crews. Crews. Yeah. He was Uh, telling a story about how, you know, he's a football player. He loves sports and he, you know, cute bodybuilder type guy. And his son is just totally not into any of that stuff. His son's a gamer. And he was like, I couldn't care less about right. gaming, but I love my son. Right. And so he started paying attention and asking him questions and and watching him play. And then he started playing, and now they're gamers together, you right. know. And uh, and he he couldn't have cared about that before, but now it's this father son building time right. where they yeah. hang out. And you know, and, it's and awesome. part you know we Christy and I have this. We don't have TVs in the kids' bedrooms. Mm-hmm. That's a that's our own thing. If you have one in your kid, that's your thing. You you pray about that, whatever. But this is our conviction, and we don't have video games off in their bedroom. So we end up spending a lot of time in the family room, yeah. and I'll let them play Xbox yeah. or whatever, and I'll just sit there and watch them or interact with them a little bit. I don't play all of these games that they're right. playing, but I love the fact that we're able to be around one another yes. and spend time with one another, and I really think that that's important is just you know not everybody goes off to their room all the time not everybody just goes off in different directions yeah now again like you said as they become teenagers they'll naturally sort of segment themselves right but it's surprising because there are times where my my teenage daughter will come down and hang out and like oh yeah what are are you doing it's like surprising and you i hope you don't mind me sharing this but you you know you were talking about how like you guys are watching a tv show super popular tv show right now and you were talking about how you and her were were talking about it well in my meeting with the youth last night you know i asked and i was hoping that she would chime in and she did and uh, and so it was great to see her like talking about this show and how you guys are relating to that that's i mean that's what i'm hoping for with my family but that's not going to happen if i if I really um, equip them, if I equip my kids to be loners, yeah, then then I'm not going to have a relationship with them, yeah. And so we have to watch out for that, yeah. So it's, really it's these really practical stuff. It takes intentionality. Yes, it's that's just intentionality. That's the biggest thing is you have if you're going to uh, evangelize, you know, share the gospel with your children, and then also help disciple them as they grow up. It, you have to be really intentional. Yeah, you can't just like 
let that happen. Now, again, I'm not talking about you need some like big plan or program, right. but it has to be on the forefront of your mind That's right. as you're thinking about spending time with them. You're talking about building biblical truth into their lives, you know, things like that. Yeah. And if you're one last thing is if you're spending time in the word, you're spending time with mm-hmm. God, you will almost always have something to talk to them about, yes. something to share yes. um, from your just your time with God. So if mm. you're sitting there thinking, man, I don't know how to do this. I don't know what to say. Well, spend time with God today and see if he doesn't give you something that just kind of ends up ha- like happening in the flow of your day because you're being intentional mm-hmm. and because you spent time with the That's Lord. That's good. That's a good word. Definitely. So, you know, as we close out this uh, episode, relationships are everything. God was created, I mean, God created, <laughs> not created. us yeah. <laughs> for relationships. That's right. Uh, you know, he first, uh, you know, he's just, he's a relational God yes. and created us for relationship with himself That's right. and with others. Relationships also mattered so much to Jesus. This is how he lived his life. They should matter to us. That's right. And so, so we need to leverage relationships for our faith, to share our faith, and to make disciples. Not amen. to use people, not to no. not, not, you know, not, not to guilt people or whatever, but to have sincere relationships yeah. so that we can raise people up to be disciples. Right. People aren't numbers. People are people. Right. And we care about them and what's really going on in their lives. And the only way to do that is to spend time with them. That's right. Them and get to know them and then give them what they need, That's the right. bread of life, Jesus himself. And so we're just going to keep trying to do this. We want you to join us in this yeah. and, and to really think through how can you, who are you spending time with? Who do you need to be spending time with? And how, how can you be investing in these people and, and especially in your family? That's it. So thanks That's for it. joining us. We'll, we'll see, see you, you next, next time. time. Today's episode, we're talking about the gospel pandemic, part three, relationships. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> ba da ba ba ba. Nailed it. No, it should be um, uh, break me off a piece of that Nailed apple it. sauce. Yeah. Nailed yeah. it. Football cream. I, I forgot. Chrysler all about that. car. <laughs> That's such it's a like, great scene. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs>